right, so let's, uh, let's get into this word we've been talking about, being healed and whole. And just for somewhat of a recap, <clears throat> uh, we had talked about, we talked about infirmities, sicknesses, and diseases. Sicknesses and diseases. And we talked about how infirmities attack the mind. Infirmities attack the mind. It's a weakness in our human spirit. Uh, that's why the scripture says in Hebrews 12, don't faint in your mind. So, uh, again, when an adversary is trying to get us, he tries to get us in our head. And so, so one of the ways we get out of our mind's torment is Matthew 11. Let's go to Matthew 11. So, he's saying how it's one thing to be healed. It's another thing to be whole. And if you think about, you know, sometimes even when we are healed, we can't get whole or sometimes we can't even receive the healing because the adversary is almost put, uh, uh, he almost put, how can we say, triggers in our mind that any time healing is trying to infiltrate our mind, those triggers tell us either we don't deserve it, we won't have it. And do you understand what you're asking for? That's impossible. And so, again, you know, he knows that if he can get a foothold in your mind, uh, he doesn't have to stop you from getting your healing. You'll stop yourself, all right? So that's why he tries to get to us with, the, with infirmities. And so, again, one of the ways of, of getting the torment out of our mind, because, again, he's trying to torment you in your mind, you know, um, is Matthew 11... Uh, We'll start here, verse 28. It says, uh, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. It says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he talks about rest for your souls, rest for your souls. And that's what, you know, the thing is, because within our soul we have our, we have our, body, we have our soul, and we have our spirit, man. But within our soul is housed our mind, will, emotions, intellect, imagination. So imagine if the adversary gets access to our mind or our soul. So he has access to your imagination. Well, he can take that canvas of your imagination and paint any picture he wants on it and just get you to believe it. So that's why he, try, so he tries to infiltrate our minds, right? So the scripture says, casting down um, let's go, Second, Second Corinthians 10. All right, so besides taking God's yoke upon, upon us, or going unto him because we're heavy laden or we're weighed down in our mind with some things, let's look here, uh, verse 5. Well, we'll just start at verse 3. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we, don't, we do not war after the flesh. And so, so, so again, we are housed in this natural body, but we do not defeat the enemy with this body. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, verse 4. It says, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, we'll talk about strongholds here for a second. And this all started back in the Garden of uh, Eden when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, once they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, 
Well, before they ate of that tree, evil wasn't an option. Doing anything outside of obedience to God, outside of the will of God, was not an option. Once they ate of that tree, evil became an option. Uh, before they ate of that tree, we're not even really dealing with temptation, right? Because, it, it, you know, before that tree, it was all good. After the tree, now evil's an option. Now, the thing about evil being an option or the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we'll call that tree... Uh, we've talked about before the, the tree of, of reason, right? Reason. So think about it. For you to do something outside of the will of God, you, you have to reason it. You, you're, you have to come up with a justification, you know, most of us. Unless you have a reprobate mind, you have a reprobate mind, you don't need a justification. You just so, you all out there crazy, right? But, but very few of us have reprobate minds. Very few, most of us are, we mean to do well, but, but we'll slip in, into patterns of, of compromise and disobedience, and then we'll convince ourselves or reason in our mind and tell ourselves it's okay. So think about it. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I've taken on the mind of Christ. So when I'm attacked by the things of the world, that mind is supposed to speak what God says. Remember, when Jesus was tempted, what did he say? It is written, it is written, it is written. So that's the, ideally when I'm harmonized with God, when I'm attacked by the things of life, when I'm attacked by sickness and disease, when I'm attacked by infirmities, what? I respond with the word. That's ideal, right? But we all know that hasn't been happening all the time. Sometimes other things or reasonings have, have, have infiltrated our mind. Right, so that's why the Bible says, casting out all imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought to captivity to the obedience of Christ Jesus, right? Right, so what he's saying is, I know the adversary slipped in, got to the canvas of your imagination and painted a picture of sickness, disease, and infirmity on your mind and also painted the picture that it was permanent. There's nothing you can do about it. Why? Because what he's saying is, hey, you haven't seen the impossible, so as long as you haven't seen it, you're going to yield to whatever I tell you. But you haven't seen what he said either. He's telling you're going to die. You, ain't, you haven't died. You're here. So, so why are you magnifying what he's saying? That hasn't happened either. So, so now it goes back to Isaiah 53, whose report will you believe? Will you believe the report of the Lord or the report of the enemy? Will you start to reason? See, now, once he starts to feed that to you, see, you know, we can't really, I know this is going to sound weird, but if we're really, really locked into Christ, we can't do anything outside of the will of God. When we're locked in, it's hard. So, so the adversary has to infiltrate our mind and to create reasons or justifications. Like some of us aren't to, to not operate in your covenant of tithing. You know, tithing rebukes the devourer for your sake. That can protect you from sickness and disease too, right? But, why will, but how do you not do those things? You have to come up with a reason. You know what I'm saying? It could be the bill. It could be lack of trust. It could be, uh, well, I remember when I was without before, you know, like you come up with reasons in your mind, right? And those, these reasons are what we call strongholds. So, so what happens is the adversary tries to build strongholds in your mind. So you have this thought, and that thought is, is, is on borrowed time. It's, it's being introduced to your mind, but it just can't stay there. You know, it can be accepted or rejected at any time. It could be flushed out at any time. It could be cast out at any time. So the adversary says, I'm, I'm gonna, he's, he's, he has fear. He can't give you fear if fear is not in him, right? 
So out of panic, I gotta, I'm not just satisfied with the initial thought of death, of sickness taking you out. I needed to stay in there. So what I'm going to do is feed you reasons to build pillars of strongholds around your mind because I need that thought to stay in your mind long enough to take you out. Because, because there's no guarantee that it's going to hang in there because you're going to be exposed to the Word. You're a Christian. You're going to start believing the Bible. This is how the adversary operates. So he wants strongholds to a point where you actually now habitually speak, believe, and act on the negative circumstances as opposed to habitually believe, speak, and act on the Word of God, right? We all have those choices, right? And so that's why we have to cast those imaginations. See, see, see we, uh, uh, the, the adversary is called the pressure, the king of pressure, right? Um, I know when uh, uh, Gabriel was trying to bring the word uh, and uh, when he's trying to bring the word, Daniel, and he said, well, Daniel, as soon as you pray, he was trying to bring the word. He says, but, but the king of pressure uh, tried to infiltrate that word. See, so, so, so the king of pressure can do what? He can facilitate pressure, but he can only access what? He can only try to access or offer it to your mind. Pressure is not something that you have to take or you have to receive. But he's trying to make a case that looks so real that you believe what his report. And then once you believe it, it creates pressure. Think about how we've talked ourselves out of promotions, talked ourselves out of opportunities, talked ourselves out of jobs. You know, there's people with, with, with more credentials than all the bosses that are treating them like trash. But we'll get in our head and pressure tells us this is all I've done, this is all I could, could ever do, right? So, so we got to watch out for that pressure because, again, it's trying to facilitate the infirmity. It's, 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 the infirmity is taking place in our, in our mind. It's trying to get us to faint in our mind because if we quit in our mind, healing could be standing right next to us, but we won't believe and receive it, right? We won't believe and receive it, you know. You know. So now... The infirmity is that is that uh, that initial stage, but then that next level is sickness, and that's the first attack on our body. That's when we're unwell or we have an unhealthy condition. You know, again, that's we talked about it last week. That's caused by age. Sometimes it's caused by accident, and sometimes, a lot of times, it's caused by sin. Right? A lot of times, it's caused by sin. Somebody might be saying, well, you know, I'm sick with you trying to say I'm in sin. Let's not get all emotional with the whole sin thing, okay? Because it takes humility, we talked about it last week, to receive your healing in the first place. Right? So let's not get all deep, you know. And, and that's, what's, that's what's so funky. You know, people with mental illness very rarely tell you I'm dealing with mental illness. This is so, so, so it's all, you know, they'll give you, ah, well, you know, what happens is, you know, I'm going because, you know, basically my thyroid, you know, they just, they'll, they'll give you everything but what they're supposed to confess to receive their healing. But we do that with sickness and disease too. We'll get into that in a second. So, so, hey, let's say you're processing through sin. The Bible says all have past tense sin and fall short of the glory to God. So that would be everybody has had some level of of temptation, slip, fall, leap, jump, whatever in the sin. So get, get over it. You know, 
I mean, don't, don't be so in denial you're not going to look for the sin that you need to lay aside and get rid of to make way for your healing. So we'll get to that in a second also. All right, so then we also talked about disease. Disease is a result of unaddressed sickness. You know, it's a physical impairments of health. So again, if you just like, you know, you may initially feel sick, if you don't address it, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine and he was sharing how uh, his family member, uh, normally when they feel something, they just keep on rolling. But this particular day, she, they was driving, she was supposed to make a right, she felt something, she made a left to the hospital and had a stroke at the hospital. If she would have made that right, she would have had the stroke driving her car, right? And so they, they, were, they were able to take care of us. But suppose she was in denial, I'm okay, I'm fine. Man, man, forget all that. And see, it's not, what's not exposed can't be helped, right? So we, if we don't recognize it or we don't, we don't, we're not honest with it. Uh, I, I was sharing this, uh, we were sharing this with a couple, a new couple we had for premarital. That's our line, was not exposed can't be helped. But well, I always use the doctor's office. You don't go to the doctor's office with a groin problem. I'm being nice when I say groin problem. With a groin problem and then take off your shirt, show them your shoulder. You ain't going to get help, right? It's the same thing. If you're dealing with any level of infirmity, sickness, and disease, you know, if it's exposed, it can, it can be helped. If it's exposed, it can be helped. Uh, Jamal was meditating on uh, the teaching last week, and, and as he was reading, he ran into Genesis 20, 17, and 18. And this is the story of uh, Abimelech actually snatching up Sarah because he thought Sarah was Abraham's sister, Right? And so, and then, you know, you know, started to go through stuff. God said, what you doing, man? <laughs> That's my servant's wife. Hey, ho, 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 ho. He told me it was a sister, man. Like, this, I'm innocent. Like, like listen, man, you're going to take out somebody that's innocent. And so, but the interesting thing is this is why you got to be humble. We'll get into this in a second, though. Look, God didn't, get, didn't relieve him. Abraham prayed for him. It says, so uh, Genesis 20, 17 and 18. Genesis 20, 17 and 18. This is King James Version or New King James Version. Uh, Jamal sent this to me, actually. It says, so Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female servants. So all these people were dealing with sickness. It says, then they bore children for the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech, everybody, because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Because they were sinning against God and his people, everybody in the house was closed up, right? That's just, just an example. You know, since Jamal sent it, I thought I'd you know, put it out here, you know. Uh, I thought that was a, a, good, a good scripture. So let's talk about, uh, we're going to get into uh, some more uh, humility stuff in a second. But let's get into the measures, some measures of healing and how we process all this. So, so actually, the, 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 the ideal thing, just we, we can look at it as authorities. You remember we talked about the uh, different um, uh, sources of authority in, in, in a survival kit, right? All right, so the word, the word, the word, the word is the voice of God declaring healing. The voice of God declaring healing, right? So when we measure healing, we start with the Word because that's the voice of God declaring healing, 
All right, let's look here at, at Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. We're going to target uh, verse 5, but we can't read Isaiah 53 without reading verse 1. It says, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So again, this is God's report revealing all that we have access to, right? Verse 5, it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our inequities. Whatever's going to happen in our mind, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Look, and with his stripes, we what? Are healed. It didn't say we were. We are healed. So now we attach our faith to that word. We experience, we experience our healing. And so we know this because we go over two chapters in Isaiah 55, 11, we understand the principle of God's word, how it operates. It says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall, <coughs> excuse me, it shall prosper in the thing whereinto I sent it. So when God spoke that word, by his stripes we were healed, that word has gone out and everybody that's attached their faith to it has experienced healing because they can't return void. It has to accomplish what God sent it to do, right? It's, but, but God can't make us have the faith for it, right? And then so, so as we talk about in the Bible school, you know, there's, you know we talked about how the New Testament is in the Old Testament contained and the, and the the Old Testament is in the New Testament explained. So let's look at this scripture in the New Testament so we know that it's old and new and they're working together. And so let's, 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. It says, look, who his own self bear our sins in his own body. So remember we said sin can be the cause of sickness, Right? But he's bearing our sickness, right, and, and you know, in, his, in, in our sins in his own body. So that's taking on a sickness. On, so, so he nailed that on a tree. It says that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye, look, were healed. See, see so the Old Testament says we are healed. New Testament is, is fulfilled. It says we were healed already. It's already done. <laughs> like it's not... We're going to be, we were healed. We just have to attach our faith to it. Now, now, now why can't we attach our faith to that word? What's, what's stopping us from locking into the measure of healing that's declaring the measure of God's word that's declaring our healing? Well, something called pain. So now we got the pain. That's, that's that second measure in, in this process of healing. So the pain, so, so we said the word is the voice of God declaring our healing. The pain is the voice of sickness, disease, and infirmity, yelling, we, we weren't healed or we aren't healed. So sickness, disease, and infirmity, so the voice of sickness, disease, and infirmity is yelling that we aren't healed. So as much as God says we are, pain is saying, no, you're not. <laughs> you're going to believe what God says, you're going to believe what you feel. All right? That's what, that's what pain, sickness, and disease is saying. Now, now, the third measure here is the person needing healing. The person, you have the word, you got the pain, 
You got these two voices trying to get us to attach our faith, and you have the person needing healing. So that person needing healing is in position to choose to agree with what God says about their healing, pronouncing, I am healed by his stripes. So that person has, they're in position to choose to agree with God and says, I am healed by his stripes, or choose to yield to the voice of sickness disease, and infirmity, yelling, you're not healed, right? That's that the person needing the healing. Now, number four is interesting because number four is, this measure is the obvious circumstances. The obvious circumstances. You know, all this stuff will be on the video if I'm going too fast. Yeah, I'm just trying to make sure y'all get the information, right? The obvious circumstances. So, the obvious, just like the uh, the person needing healing is in position to choose to agree. The obvious circumstances are in position to tempt you into stating the obvious with your lips, joined with the confirmation of your senses to, res- to rescind the Word of God. So the adversary offers the obvious circumstances, right? They're in position, right? So you can state the obvious with your lips, And then hopefully you join with the confirmation of your senses, your feelings, right, to rescind the Word of God. So if you speak it and then you feel it, it's going to steal your faith in God's Word. So that's why you have to ignore your feelings and you have to speak what God says, right? So so the adversary is slick. He don't, adversary ain't going to waste no time. No, 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 I ain't going to trust they're just going to believe me. I'm going to put some layers in place so they don't believe God. So the results of us speaking the cir- obvious circumstances, attaching our feelings to it, the result is you, you, you remain where you're at. And know where we're at at that time is we're sick or diseased, right? Diseased, right? That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 6, 2, you're snared by the words of your mouth. Proverbs 18.21, it says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So the adversary just paints a picture and says, please say it. He knows that, that we were made in God's image after God's likeness, and God spoke the world into existence. He made us and designed us to speak things into existence also. So what he's trying to do is dictate what we speak. And so, so he'll present things to us and hope we say what he shows us versus saying what God said, right? That's his hope because he can't stop us, but he needs us to speak some things. You know, the, the Scripture says, uh, talks about you believe in your heart and confess it with your mouth. That's how you get salvation. Salvation means wholeness. Well, that's how you get healing. It's the same word, sozo, wholeness. For salvation and healing, it's the same word. So just like you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, salvation that you couldn't see. You didn't see Jesus on the cross that day. We show up at church and we're living for God and we believe we're going to heaven by faith. So we can't use that same faith to believe for our healing, right? You access it the same way. And this is, you know, something the Lord showed me years ago. We have to realize if, if you are infirmed or you're dealing with a sickness, disease, or pain and screaming, What's manifested doesn't need the assistance of your words. What's unmanifested needs your expression and confession. 
Because the sickness and disease is already manifest. It doesn't need you amplifying the obvious. You know, you have some people say, well, you know, I want to be in denial. Well, no one's telling you not to be in denial. Whether you speak it out or not, you're feeling what you feel. Why do you need to attach your words to it? Now you're projecting it forward. You're speaking it ahead. You're speaking it into your future when you start to magnify how you feel. So you feel in a certain way. The obvious circumstances are screaming at you. It's placing a demand on you, God's chosen design child, made in his image after his likeness, to speak what God says. Just like when God showed up, God showed up because Satan was kicked down here as, you know, fell like lightning into this earth around, and it was darkness and void upon the face of the earth. God walked, and the scripture says he saw darkness and void upon the face of the earth. The next words came out of his mouth was like, man, it's dark and void down here. No, the next words was, let there be light. He never spoke about the darkness and void. The darkness and void was placing a demand on him to speak light, just like the sickness and disease was placing a demand on you to speak healing. Right? So again, what's, what's manifested doesn't need the assistance of your words. What's unmanifested needs your expression and confession. Right? Let's go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. We'll start at verse 22. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. We still, this is all underneath the obvious circumstances. Right? So, uh, starting verse 22, and this is after he cursed the fig tree. Verse 22, Jesus answered, said unto them, have faith in God. When does that faith begin? If everything is going your way, do you need faith in God? No. When it seems uh, insurmountable, when it seems the impossible, that's when you have an opportunity to show your faith in God. You don't need faith in God, everything going your way. Just like you don't need love if everybody loving you. And normally you need these things when you're under pressure or when you have a, a hurdle, a wall to get through, right? And so it says, verily, uh, verse 23, it says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever, that will be all of us, right, shall say unto this mountain, in this particular mountain we're talking about sickness, disease, and infirmity, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, look, look, this is the key, and shall not doubt, be double-minded in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Some people say, think that's far-fetched, but it says you can't doubt in your heart. If you don't doubt in your heart and you believe what you say, you will have it. And some of us have gotten what we've said. That, I'm not going to get that. That's not going to happen. It doesn't happen. And you say, see, I knew it. No, it didn't happen because you knew it. It happened because you said it. <laughs> You thought it happened because you've already figured out it was going to happen. No, it happened because you believed and spoke it. You believed in the worst-case scenario. The worst-case scenario happened. You say, see, I knew the worst-case scenario was going to happen. No, it wasn't going to happen until you start believing it and speaking it. Right? And so, so then it says, uh, verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and you shall have them. Right? 
Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Got to read verse 25. It says, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Right? Don't want to forget that. <laughs> right? Don't want to forget forgiveness. You can't be carrying ought and expect to be a conduit for healing. It just doesn't work that way. Right? All right, so we talked about the word. Then we talked number one was the word. Number two was the pain. Number three was the person needing the healing. Number four was the obvious circumstances, right? Number five, the number five measure to our healing is God and his various conduits for healing. God and his various conduits for healing. Now, we, we talked about this on Sunday when we were praying for... Uh, 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 did it come to me? No, uh, I was starting with Cinnamon, Tiana, and um, Miasia. Uh, I thought I saw Miasia over there, but she's. <laughs> right, so when we were praying for them, we said that Pastor Mel and I are not the healer. Jesus is the healer, right? Jesus is the healer. But guess what? He uses vessels. Jesus is, who's the healer? Jesus, but he uses vessels. Who's the healer? Man, act like y'all believe he's the healer. Come on now. Like, what are we doing here? Do you believe it? All right. So, so, but he uses vessels. Now, the scripture says this, because this is, this, this part, you know, remember we said uh, last week, healing requires humility. And so, it takes humility for, uh, for, to allow God's vessels to be used to impact your life, Right? It takes a lot of humility because, see, we want to, we just like as we grow, we want to skip God's delegated authority because we don't, want, we don't want nobody else to impact our lives. We want to be the one, right? But, you know, I, I think I taught this, you know, as a part of narcissism, right? Narcissism? Which one, which one is it? Narcissism? Yeah, I know what I mean, right? Right? When, it, when only if I do it. So, 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 so I, you know, I... It's got to flow with the spirit. But I remember uh, in the early years, Minister Mars at church, he was, you know, he, he had that disease, right? So he wasn't going to come to the church because Z came first. See, so that, that, was it, that narcissistic disease says, well, I didn't choose it, so I can't go. But humility, he had to embrace humility to be where he needs to be. And I think now he knows he needed to be there. But if it wasn't for the obedience of his wife, he wouldn't be here, right? You're embracing that, right? Good, right? Right. So, so, so I, I'm talking about coming to church, but sometimes you have to be in, with that same level of humility to receive your healing. But we're so busy caught up in this world of they wear pants like me. They're not supposed, uh, they may, but God could be using them. Case in point is when Miriam got that leprosy, because she, she, they spoke against Moses. So obviously, God uses people, and he doesn't like people tripping on the people he's using. All right, so let's look here at what, of, of how this principle operates, God and his various conduits for healing. Because some of us are missing our healing because we don't want the humility of letting God use his chosen vessels to heal us. Right? We acting like, uh, I think I got it in my scriptures here somewhere. Well, was it Naaman? 
All right, so, so uh, Romans 15, verse 1. It says, we then that are strong are to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. And so, so again, we're dealing with some things in people's minds. We're not thinking about ourselves, but we're trying to be patient to navigate through the infirmities that's going on in people's minds so we can get to them to get their healing, right? But you got to be able to receive it. The scripture says that there's people that, that, that can handle your infirmity better than you because they're not dealing with it. They're not feeling what you're feeling. So they can access and impart healing a lot quicker because the infirmity is, is trying to stop you from absorbing it, Right? So you can't be running from people when you're trying to get healed either, right? And so, so, so I'm going to just give you the passage. You can look it up yourself. But Acts chapter 9, 10 through 18, imagine if Paul operated that way. Paul would have been blind, wouldn't be right, nothing that we read now. But he had to go to Ananias, and Ananias is the one that gave him back his sight. God, God could have given him back his sight, but he was teaching a principle of humility. He was like, you, I, no, no, you're going to go to my chosen vessel. Look, he had to be guided around by <laughs> and follow me. <laughs> he didn't know where he's going. He had to trust him, right? So that's Acts chapter 9, 10 through 8, right? 10 through 18, I apologize. All right, let's look at Matthew 10. Let's look at Matthew 10. So we all know Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the healer, but we said he uses vessels, right? Now, now interestingly, we talked about uh, uh, the principle of first mention in the Bible school, right? So let's look here at uh, Matthew 10. So, you know, in, in uh, the Bible study fellowship in the morning, y'all open up with chapters and says, what do your heading says? What does your heading say? So we're going to kind of pull some of that into today, right? My heading says, Jesus chooses 12 apostles, right? That's what my heading says, right? That's what it opens up says, right? In verse uh, 10, verse 1, it says, And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, look, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, you notice he, he says, Sickness and disease separately, right? He didn't say sickness or disease. But how come he ain't do it? <laughs> he gave them the power to do it. You think he stopped giving people the power? <laughs> right? So that's why we have to be humble because God can have people right around us that are conduits for his power to get us what we need. But, but you <laughs> see... That, you know that pride be kicking in, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, so, your scripture tells about, you know, after that you shall receive power, Acts 1, chapter 8. So, he was trying to make sure we had the power to operate in, right? And remember, Paul says, my preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but was in demonstration of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Well, what? The power of God, right? This is Paul talking. That's 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5. 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5, right? 
And then I'll give you a couple of the scriptures just in this particular category. Uh, Acts chapter 9, 35 through 42. Acts chapter 9, I know we was just in Acts, but that's when, uh, you know, Peter rolled up in the house and Tabitha, she died. She, 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 she was all sick, healed her, and then she went uh, fixing a meal, right? <laughs> you know, but, but it, was, it was Peter. It wasn't, Jesus didn't show up, they didn't wait for Jesus to show up that day. It was Peter. Peter was the one that healed Tabitha, right? And remember the guy at the gate called Beautiful? Acts chapter 3, 1 through 8. Remember they was walking by, you know, that day asking, you know, he asked for all types. Let's read it. Acts chapter 3. Let's let's, Acts chapter 3. I was was going to dance around it, but let's not dance. Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Well, I'm going to read my head, and it says, the healing of the lame man. <laughs> the healing of the lame man, right? It says, uh, verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being in the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb. Now, wait, wait, wait. He was lame from the womb. This one, somebody got lame last week. So, so what do you think he's thinking? This is it. I was born this way, this is where I'll, I'll only be, right? Right? So it says, uh, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered in the temple. So many people entered in the temple just dropping a couple coins. That's all, nobody, like as far as they're concerned, that's it. This, this is how this guy will always be who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms. He didn't even ask for healing. He asked for, hey, shoot me a couple of dollars. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Lock in now. He says, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them, meaning money. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the healer, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Right? And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. <laughs> right? So this person was dealing with this since his whole life. And they just hit him with, it was Peter and John, right? Now, they, 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 they spoke in the name of Jesus, but who was it? Peter and John. Suppose he was, well, he wasn't humble enough. You ain't Jesus. <laughs> right? But he got his healing, right? That's what, that was the situation with Elijah and, Elijah and Naaman, who, you know, early probably gave the people lessons for how to operate now. Because Elijah told Naaman, man, just, hey. You want the leprosy? So he sent a servant. He said, he said, oh, just go back and tell him, man, all you got to do is dip in the Jordan seven times. He was like, dip in the Jordan? I'm a king. Why didn't he, well, you know, when I look like j- dipping in some dirty water, how come he couldn't come to me? And so a servant, got to have wise people around you. He said, listen, man, if he told you to dip in some wonderful uh, stream, would you have that? He said, what difference does it make? Don't you want to get healed? 
He said, man, just humble yourself and do what the guy asked you to do. <laughs> right? And he did. Look, look, nobody showed up. See, that's why we, we always look for these certain ways. Nobody showed up and laid hands. Right? No one's, no one, like, Elijah wasn't there to speak anything into him. He gave him an instruction. Go dip. Go dip. <laughs> Operate in humility, and you're going to receive your healing. And he received his healing. See, so, 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 so you know, know why it's done that way? So we can get out of our head. Because in our head, it has to come a particular way. But God in service can tell everybody to start running around the church. And you'd be like, man, ain't nobody trying to run around the church. Suppose that's how he wants you to get your healed. Suppose he wants you to lift your hands up, praise the Lord. Suppose he wants you to jump out of the aisle, spin, and just keep spinning. Yelling to the top of your lungs, looking like an idiot. You going to do that? See, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, like we trying to be cool and get healed. No, it, don't, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's humility, right? So, so, so uh, let's see. Uh, Elijah Hill, remember that, the, the widow woman's son. You know, remember she was coming, he was coming by all the time. They was taking care of him. And she rolled up into him and was like, come on, man. Like, so you just showed up. So remember, she asked for the son. And then you lose the son. Like, what's going on? Oh, oh let's, let's look at that. First Kings 17. Let's, let's look at that. We got to look at that. They are looking all studious. I see you. <laughs> Look at all businessman with his glasses. Welcome to the team. All right, so first, first Kings 17. First Kings 17, and then let's just look at uh, verse 17. It says, and it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman the mistress of the house fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And this is, she was believing for the son, right? And it says, and he said unto Elijah, and she said unto Elijah, what have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? <laughs> right? And he said unto her, give me thy son. And he took him out of, her, out of her bosom and carried him up to the loft where he abode and laid upon him uh, and, and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, thou hast thou brought evil upon this widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son. And he stretched himself upon the child three times. Not one time. First time it didn't work. See, you know what that got rid of? I tried. You know how we say I tried? I did that? Look, look, three times. Right? And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come back into him again. What does that mean? The child was, had to be gone, right? Right? And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child 
and brought him down out of the chamber into, into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, see, thy son liveth. Right? So, again, he just, but suppose she was just like, eh, man, a guy can't do nothing. So that's why we got to remove pride. Pride hides, humility seeks. Pride hides, humility seeks. We've got to remove pride. Pride hides the, hides the weakness. Humility seeks the strength. Pride hides the weakness. Humility seeks the strength. We talked about that last week, but let's look here because I, I want to read it again. I'm going to read it until it's a part of our lives. Um, but 2 Corinthians 12. And, 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 and challenge yourself to not, when you hear a scripture that you've read before, to go, I read that before. Humble yourself to find out what other revelation is in there. And recognize sometimes you know it, but you aren't it. You haven't become it. Right? And, 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 and we, uh, uh, Jesus became flesh so flesh could become the word. If you haven't become the word, then do you really know it? That word know means to be intimate with it, right? So you know of it, you can recite it, you heard about it, and you may have a level of understanding of it, but that's not God's goal. God is goals for us to become it, right? So Second uh, Corinthians, I said 12, uh, verse 7. It says, uh, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation that was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, in the flesh. Think about something that's pulling on your flesh, right? That's, that, you know, look, the messenger of Satan above me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So he's dealing with something that's infirm in his body. It says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, look, three times again, three times again. And we want, we want to seek it at least three times, <laughs> right? Right, it says, that it, might, uh, that it might depart from me, verse 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, once he heard that from, from Jesus Christ, it says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities in whatever is trying to attack me that the power of Christ may rest upon us. See, that's what I mean by becoming the word. When infirmity comes at us, are we glorying knowing that God is bigger than the infirmity or are we sorrowful? What's our response to the infirmity, right? It says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches Look, in necessities and persecution and distresses, for Christ's sake. It says, for when I am weak, then I am strong, meaning Christ is strong through me. And so the reality is we have to be intimate with the truth. We have to become so acquainted with it that we, it, it shapes our actions in the midst of storms, right? Because our storm is showing, our actions are showing what we, we truly believe. Not our mouths, our actions. God, just like somebody tell you they love you, but they're never around you, they never talk to you, they treat you like garbage. Because, you know, people throw around, I love you all the time, right? A lot of people in our lives, I love you. Like, but when you really need them there for you, they're not there. So do you see them as loving you based on the actions? No. You'd be like, you know what you're saying on the inside? That's what your mouth say. That, that was our line from New Jersey. We used to go, hey, we like, yeah, that's what your mouth say. But we say it for a different reason. Somebody tell you they're going to punch you in the face. But yeah, that's what your mouth say. <laughs> I hear your mouth talking. <laughs> right? Right? So, 
In our honesty, when we say we believe God, the devil's telling us. That's what your mouth say. But we'll see how you respond when I put this pressure on you. What's going to be, how are you going to act? Yeah, I think about when, when it was uh, time for us to come out here. Well, not time, but we knew it was come out, coming out here. And so God gave us, you know, our vision 2000, I don't know, 2009, I think. By the end of 2010, you'd be in Charlotte. And so God said, okay. If you believe what I'm saying, act like it. So I start cleaning drawers out. Did she tell you? I start packing stuff up. And I was just like, now, I, we're dealing with the uncertainty. We've been in, well, she's been in Columbus all her life. I have been in Columbus at the time God said that for 18 years. All I knew was Columbus. And we haven't been moved nowhere. We didn't have a house on the market or nothing. So the uncertainty is definitely screaming like, man, please. But I had to act. I had to do some. We, we, we had to, there had to be some actions involved. We came out here and got lost in 2007. Yeah, this guy can come along and see if this is the place to be. Right? So we started to do some things to act on what God says. That's the thing. Uh, we walked in, I walked in the church. Uh, no, I walked in the house one day, and I told my wife, I said, babe, good news, all the bills are paid. Bad news, uh, we have $800 in the bank. Our budget was 8000 a month. Then I said, my next words, this is my witness right here. I said, sweetheart, it ain't our church. I'm going to stack up the chairs for the New Year's service. This was in the other building. We get there, and God has, God has somebody send a check, New Year's Eve. We got a check on New Year's Eve. FedEx envelope. It's a check for $30,000. But, but we, the act, I, I believe the act manifested that thing. The actions, right? So again, what is our actions? This, and, and listen, this ain't the time to be prideful. It's time for us to change our actions. You see what I'm saying? So, so, you know, uh, Trina said this last week uh, at the end of the teaching. She said, walking in healing is walking in truth. Walking in healing is walking in truth. Right? Because that truth frees us. Right? That truth frees us. This is the truth. The, the, even though your, your feelings are locked into lies. Right? And, and we got to ask ourselves, think about like a lot of times when we sit... You know, you know, we have a culture that hides disease, hides sickness. Think about it. Somebody could be sitting right next to you that could be a conduit. But for some reason, we see our actions say almost like it's ours and, you know, like, like, almost like we leprous or something. As opposed to, okay, James chapter 5. <laughs> I was about to jump ahead. Let's go to James 5. Because this is how we're supposed to be operating. But you know what? Uh, I'll read it out of the classic Amplified version. And we're going to read 13 through 16. It says this. It says, is anyone, is anyone among you afflicted or ill-treated or suffering now, this says afflicted, suffering evil, right? It says, he should pray. 
So if you're afflicted and you're suffering evil and you're being tormented by the adversary, you should pray. It's talking about, like, I should pray. I should pray for myself, right? It says, uh, it says, is any glad at heart, he should sing and praise to God. If you feel glad, just sing glory to God. Look, look, is anyone among you sick? He should call in the elders, the spiritual guides, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, it gave a category of, of you should pray for yourself, didn't it? It says people that are afflicted or evilly tormented or, or being treated wrong. Intercede and pray for that. It says the person that's, that's feeling good, keep worshiping and praising God. But it says the person that's sick, they should be calling on some people, some conduits, right? Doesn't it say that right there? The pastor said that or is that in the Bible? It says, and they should pray over him or her, anointing them with oil in the Lord's, in, in the Lord's name or honor, it says, and the prayer that is of faith will save him who is sick, him or her who is sick, and the Lord will restore him. And if he had, look, 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 this is attached to it. And, and if he have, has committed sins, he will be forgiven. It's right there in the Bible, right? Right? It says, look, look, then look, it says, confess one to another, therefore your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continual prayer of the righteous makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and is working. That's how we're supposed to be operating. But that's not, we, we've, been, we've been hiding, right? Now, I, I'm, I'm going to privately take care of this. Well, no, that's not how it works. That's not humility. See, humility, see, pride hides, humility seeks. Pride hides the weakness, humility seeks the strength, right? And, and so God is saying, don't cheat me of the testimony. Don't cheat, hey, you know, be, be genuine. Display the stages that you're at. And when I deliver you, you other people are going to say, I can get through too. But if everything is so my business, God delivers you, nobody's impacted. Because they figured you was that way the whole time. You see what I'm saying? But people seeing the process. You know, people, people seeing how God... Uh, works you through, through things. So, so humility is involved with this. All right. So, so, so I just want to give you those stages for today. We're going to get into uh, really uh, some faith and some healing, some other stuff, really lock into the word uh, next week. But I'm going to repeat those stages, the measure, the, well, the measure of healing, the word, the pain. Those are the, those are the, those are the voices that you, you can make a choice. Person needing the healing can choose the voice of sickness and disease or the voice of God, right? Right? Uh, remember, the God is pronouncing I am healed. The obvious circumstances are in position to try to tempt you in stating the obvious, like magnify the obvious, magnify the obvious, right? And then try to get you to, to join or try to get your... Uh, your feeling or your senses to assist to rescind the word of God. You see how that process, you see, it, see how that process plays out? 
It's like, so the obvious circumstances say, speak me, say me, say me, magnify me, magnify me. Then it's like, hey, 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 bring your feelings too. It's almost like, hey, 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 come on, come on, just say, say this, say this, say this. Hey, your feelings can come, your feelings can come. And then once your feelings join in with what you're saying about the obvious circumstances, now it rescinds the faith in God's word. Now you're believing more of what the circumstances are saying and then what God is saying. And then we said also that one of the key measures is God and his various conduits for healing. Because healing requires humility. And God uses vessels also. The vessel ain't sweet. The vessel is a conduit. Jesus is the healer, but he has conduits, right? So you want to make sure you're, you're staying humble. Ananias wouldn't receive this blind or receive his, uh, Paul wouldn't receive this, his healing for blindness if he didn't yield to Ananias, regardless of the position Paul was in at that particular time. Naaman wouldn't receive the healing for leprosy if he wouldn't have just humbled himself, right? And then that guy at the gate, even though he had dealt with it all his life, Suppose he was like, you're just Peter and John. Where's this Jesus do? Right? And then Jesus sent them out to heal all manner of diseases in Matthew chapter 10. Suppose people was like, no, 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 I heard Jesus in town. Now, just, where's the Jesus person? But remember, even when Jesus went into his hometown, it said he, he did, he couldn't do many, as many miracles because they saw him as familiar. Now, remember, we used to fix our porch. You carpenter, right? Man, how you going to heal somebody, right? But it, it was because of their unbelief, right? It was because of their unbelief, not because the atmosphere wasn't conducive for them to heal. It was they started to speak the circumstances, and they started to bring their feelings in, right? And so here Jesus, all types of people was getting healed, except for them that saw him at, man, please, I don't believe. I'm, what are he going to do? All right? And sometimes we do that with God's chosen vessels also. All right, so, so, so that'll be all for today. Uh, so any, any thoughts from anybody, like what stood out for you, what made you realize, what questions you may have, uh, either in-house or online. If you're online uh, and you have a thought, please, it impacts us when you share either your question, your thought, or from your heart. You can put your TV on mute. And you can call in on the call-in uh, number at the bottom of the screen, or you can put some information in on the chat if you're doing Facebook or YouTube.